Welcome to Book Rising, a podcast by the Radical Books Collective. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again to the Radical Publishing Future series of our Book Rising podcast here at Radical Books Collective. I am delighted today to introduce Faraz Manji, founder of Garaja Press, and also adjunct professor at the Institute of African Studies at Carleton University, and who has a long career in international development, health and human rights, in addition to his work as a publisher. Among his previous roles, he has worked as Africa Program Director for Amnesty International, Chief Executive of the Aga Khan Foundation in the UK, and Regional Representative for Health Sciences in Eastern and Southern Africa for the Canadian International Development Research Centre. He has published widely on health, human rights, development, and politics. Daraja Press is a not-for-profit independent press that publishes fiction and nonfiction primarily from the Global South, which aims, in their words, quote, to reclaim the past, contest the present, and invent the future. Recent titles of note include Decolonization and Afrofeminism by the towering Ugandan feminist Sylvia Tamale and an edited collection, Fanon Today, edited by British scholar Nigel Gibson, marking the 60th anniversary of the publication of The Wretched of the Earth. A warm welcome to you, Faraz. Many, many thanks for having me on your show. So happy to have you here. So, um, Daraja Press comes from the Swahili word Daraja, meaning bridge, and I and I wondered if there's a story behind that name, um, and and maybe your own transition into publishing. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how you you ended up uh, founding Daraja Press? Sure. I mean, um, I mean, it's a lo- it's a long story, but I mean, I, I was responsible for. For establishing, I founded an online magazine called uh, Pambazuka News, um, which is a radical voice of and for and by uh, Africans for social justice. And it was a, an African network, which, you know, eventually we had what, by the time I left, about 3,500 authors who wrote for it um, over the 12 years that I, I worked there. Uh, and we reached an annual, you know, the last year we were, we'd reached about a million re- annual readers, unique readers in one year. Uh, wow. it, it was quite extraordinary. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just had a life of its own. It was clearly a space where um, so little was being acknowledged or even we didn't even know about each other and the thinking that was going on. And so that platform opened it up uh, in a a really uh, great way. And then we started publishing books because um, there were some collections of of essays in which we published, we thought would be useful to put into a book form. And then that just led to people submitting uh, manuscripts and so on. And and, um, that went on until 2012 when I left um, and they stopped pu- publishing um, Pambazoka Press. Uh, they stopped publishing books, and Pambazoka News eventually uh, stopped um, uh, being published. Um, so um, Pambazoka meant the new dawn, uh, and and but I but I couldn't use use that. <laughs> so 
so I, I looked for for something that that it gave expression to uh, the, the the task of um, of of, uh, of building bridges of solidarity between movements uh, uh, between the exploit of the world you know to to um, help the sort of interconnections uh, between emancipatory struggles of the oppressed around the world and, and in in a phrase you know uh, our aim is is to 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 nurture reflection to shelter hope and inspire audacity mm. because i think if we can make all three happen that then we are beginning to to open a space uh where uh where those who've been denied their humanity uh can invent what it means to be human um and and uh, that that's really been the, the 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 heart of it and and it started you know uh just as a sort of casual idea, well, you know, if Pumbles of Compress has stopped, then we can let you know, one or two books a year, three or four books a year, you know, maybe. And we started with an anthology of um, uh, of um, Amilcar Cabral's writings uh, and uh, reflections on his contribution uh, to the struggle for human uh, uh, humanization. And that was done with Codestria. The Council for Development Social Research in Africa. And, and then we were approached by Maynooth University uh, to collaborate on the publication of the, of the last writings of Ken Sarawiwa. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that then put us in a really good position that we were in, in one go. Suddenly we were um, uh, publishing things which I thought were really important. Um, but that was all done sort of while I was work, doing other work. And so it was a, you know, a pro bono activity, you know. Um, and, uh, but then in, in 2018, I moved to Canada. Uh, and um, so I had, and I was retired. And I, hadn't, I didn't need to, to earn money through doing that. Um, so my work has been pro bono since, since then. And uh, it's just grown and, and it's grown faster than I'd ever anticipated or, or sometimes I wonder more than I wished. <laughs> it's, I mean, we've, you know, we, we've got 64 titles uh, published uh, and, uh, and 22 of them were published last year and, and probably the same number or more this year. Um, it's very exciting. I mean, it, you know, we've touched a nerve of some kind um, and uh, so, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. Um, and, and this was um, remind me, this was 2015 when it started. Yeah, yes, yeah, so sort of around then. Yeah, but to, to other, yeah, um, 2013 or 24. Yeah, 2013 was when uh, the Sarawewa uh, book and the um, Amuka Cabral book were published. Okay. Um, but um, and then. But we've also sought to to provide a platform uh, in, in terms of audiobook. Uh, I, I mean, um, podcasts. So we've published about 120 podcasts, uh, some related to our publications, but mostly on critical issues that are arising. Uh, and we did a whole series on uh, um, organizing in the time of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, which opened up some really interesting dimensions and. 
we were, I think, were the first to really give some people an idea of how, from the perspective of organizers on the ground across the world, uh, whether it was from China or Thailand or or from Latin America or elsewhere, the commonalities of what was happening, you know, and it can be summed up basically. I mean, it was, yeah, and I think it's still the case. It's summed, summed up by, you know, if you're if you belong to the sacred space, you're the middle classes, etc. You're pierced with a needle. Mm-hmm. If you belong mm-hmm. to the sacrifice zones, you're pierced with a bullet, and that and that was really the the, the message that came across. So yeah, that's that's how we got going, and that's that's um, where we are uh, at the moment. Amazing. Um... And what, how do you go about deciding what to publish? I mean, it sounds like you, <laughs> your, your, your list has grown even faster than you anticipated. So, and, and you've also mentioned several uh, collaborations with other um, uh, organizations and, and publishing entities. So talk a little bit about what that process is like, your selection criteria, or how you go about choosing. Yeah. That's a very good question. I mean, I think, I think the most uh, uh, fundamental question that we pose when we look at proposals uh, is to, to ask in what way will this contribute to the struggle for human emancipation? Uh, Africans in particular have experienced, you know, what, 500 years of being considered, first of all, non-human and therefore to be able to be enslaved and then less than human, and then eventually uncivilized. And today they're considered underdeveloped, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, lacking all those qualities that the West believes uh, describes what they them see as the epitome of being human. And so, so you know, and that, the same situation, I mean, you know, patriarchy and racism have been a sort of common thread throughout uh, our, our history. And so the question is, what can we do to try to give space to reflections on that? And and it doesn't have to be, as it were, from an ideological, it can be a a broad church, as it were, of of perspectives, Um, but giving people an opportunity to think deeply uh, and to write and and to stimulate ideas uh, on that basis. And, and we've tried with some poetry, we've tried with some novels. Um, and our difficulty is that, you know, I think, I think um, poetry and, and uh, particularly poetry, I think it's a very particular niche and to get yourself known in that field is much more difficult than with uh, nonfiction. Um, and novels also, um, and I, you know, I wish we knew how how to how to get. I mean, part of the problem we have is that is that um, we're caught in this catch twenty two here. Um, you know, we we um, you can't get funding here because uh, you have to be promoting Canadian authors. Well, you know, <laughs> we're an international organization. We're not interested just in Canadianism, um, and and. And then you know distributors won't take you because you won't you don't publish enough, but you don't sell enough books in Canada. 
but we don't sell enough books in Canada because we're not, we don't have a distributor. So right. you, you're caught in that that uh, dilemma. But but the other thing is, I mean, I think is is we try to negotiate with all our, our authors and editors that that our that our the PDFs of, of our books should be available for free from our website. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I think it's really important because in, in most parts of the world, either you don't have the currency, you just don't have the money to, to, to do that. Um, and that's true in Canada and the USA and so on. And so the question is, you know, how do we, how do, we do that? We encourage people to, to we, focus on the use value rather than on on just the exchange value and, and I think that's the other criteria we then use uh, to to decide whether to take something on and 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 that's answering the question to what extent can this be used in organizing how will it contribute to organizing how will it uh, it because I think that the 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 life of a book begins at the point of publication, uh, whereas publishers often see the end of the process being the, the book being published. And, and the question is, you know, how to, to get around that? And I don't think we have any definitive answer to that, mm-hmm. uh, but, but finding ways to make it, make what is written, what is produced alive and meaningful for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll, and of course, it'll vary. There'll be different people. Some differences will mean more for, for one group of people than the others. Uh, but I think that's that's really how we try to to to, to operate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that that you know, I mean, you've mentioned novels and and poetry, but you're you're primarily publishing nonfiction. Some of which is is written by academics with a um, with a pretty academic um, uh, approach. And, and I'm wondering also about how, you know, you, you've talked about <laughs> wanting, the, wanting the work to be alive, to be discussed, to be available to, to yeah. audiences that might not otherwise have access. And so how does, you know, the, the, um, the voice, you know, the academic voice um, fit into that, that desire for your publication? Well, you know, there's this lovely line in uh, Chimamanda Adichie's uh, book on Americana, when she has a character say that the difference between an academic and an intellectual is that an academic builds walls mm. and an intellectual breaks them. Uh, and, and so we're publishing intellectuals, particularly those who are engaged in, in struggles for of different kinds, but but who are engaged. Um, so so actually, we try to avoid academics. We do get a lot of submissions from academics, uh, and and that takes a lot of time because again, uh, we have to find a nice way of saying no. <laughs> 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 um, but but it but it, it is a really important distinction to make, um, and that that. You know, Okay, you know, uh, I have a sort of titular position as a, as an uh, adjunct professor. Um, doesn't make me an academic, uh, um, and and uh, but but it's it it is a question of therefore then then uh, 
not being dismissive of intellectual work, um, but also try to do what we try to do in, in Pambazuka as well, and I think quite successfully, is to enable this conversation to take place between the organic intellectuals on the ground who come up through the struggles and the intellectual, uh, engaged intellectuals who have something to contribute, um, but who also have, the, have ears to listen. And I think that's also important. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, recently we, we published um, uh, a thing called Life Histories from the Revolution, Three Militants uh, from the Kenya Land and Freedom Army. I mean, these were people, they're not academics. They were, you know, uh, who were engaged in a real life struggle against the uh, British Empire. Um, and we've published uh, uh, um, reflections from Kenyan uh, activists about people like um, Pio Pinto, Pio Gamma Pinto, who was uh, one of the first people assassinated by by the Kenyatta regime um, in 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 Kenya after independence. And so, we, you know, that, in those we 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 legitimise their voice amongst the voices of what you might see as academics, but these, mm -hmm. these, you know, a division of labor, people who are, um, who think, you know, and write, and, but who are engaged in struggles, not merely um, uh, for, for career uh, promotion of, of their, their own building of walls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, you, you've mentioned, uh, podcasts and i know that daraja also has other sort of non-book not material and content outside of traditional book formats and i was just going to ask you about this you know the 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 last couple of decades turn toward the digital and how that has changed um your approach at all or the relationship between traditional print publishing and these other kinds of of content making oh. yeah yeah, no, I, I think there's been a, an enormous change, um, you know, have, having spent, you know, 20 years in publishing and, and, and uh, having to, to deal with it in a very different way to what we're doing uh, now. I mean, you know, the entire um, uh, production, I mean, I do, I do all the... Uh, um, uh, typesetting online, the, the pro production is online, uh, the distribution is online, uh, the, the, it, it's, it's transformed um, publishing and it, and it means that, you know, the, the, the unit cost of publishing is, has dropped quite dramatically. The problem is when you put it into print, it's still expensive which is why we have this policy. Okay, well, the work has been done. Once you produce a PDF, the work has been done. Why are you charging people for it? It, you know, the, it, it's already, the labor has been incorporated there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it shouldn't be a basis for, for turning into a, into a commodity. It should be there to stimulate that discussion, to stimulate people to use it. Uh, and to reflect on on it, and I think that's that's really important. I mean, but you know, uh, how do you distribute these things? And um, you know, 
you, you know, one of the questions that you pose, you about the behemoth of Amazon, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, well, what can you do? You know, they dominate the, the the market and 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 pay you pin money for uh, after they've taken uh, their their bite of the of the cherry. Um, and so the question is, you know, what can be done? I mean, what what's the possibilities? Uh, for the emergence of a co-op of cooperatives for online distributions, uh, what are the possibilities? I mean, I don't know. I mean, surely there must be discussions among some activists who are who work at Amazon about what the potentials might be. You know, that one day maybe of challenging the behemoth from within. Yeah, um, and and I and I. You know, I think we just have to keep an eye out on on what the possibilities are. Um, but I think you know our dilemma is is one which other radical publishers, small independent publishers, also face. And and I I know I I think what you are all doing at the Radical Books Collective is really very very important. But it's also we need to take it to step saying, well, what can we do to make it possible for all of us to get our books available? Um, because it's not going to, we can't always depend on the, the behemoths. Mm -hmm. um, so that really is, a, um, I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's a real challenge. And I, I mean, I don't have easy answers for that. Um, but I think the first step is to problematize before we come up with a solution. Yeah. And are there other, I mean, are there other avenues through which you are reaching readers? Is it is it the same uh, million million sub subscribers to Pamazuka who are readers? Oh, I, I wish, I wish, <laughs> I wish, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, we have to build that up from 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 the ground. Um, I mean, I think I think the the uh, the pandemic has created a real problem because because conversations. Okay, you know, we have some good conversations, radical book collective, and so. But imagine those face to face. Uh, imagine the 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 drink afterwards sitting in a in a cafe somewhere and talking more casually uh it, it, it i miss that i miss mm -hmm. that um mm -hmm. but but then you know that's why i i do some teaching um and because then i'm in contact with <laughs> young people okay uh and 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 it's a learning process as well because they they see the world in different ways that I I, I do, um, and that's what inspired us to produce pamphlets, short books, because uh, there is a reluctance to read, uh, and, and which is such a shame. But so we experiment with producing pamphlets as a way of saying, okay, you know, this will give you an introduction. Maybe it'll stimulate you to go to the library. There's some other. Uh, much deeper reflections that worth looking at. Uh, so, the, so the task is how do you stimulate that? Um, and uh, we're playing around with the idea of maybe producing audio books as well. Um, and, but, but I'm not sure, I, I, I just wonder whether 
the, the, the podcasting we've done has been really interesting because there, there have been um, conversations. They're not, they're not, uh, most of them are not um, talking heads, but, but rather conversations between people. And I think that's a really, really important way. And so whether that translate into an audible book kind of format, I don't know. Um, but uh, worth worth experimenting with. I don't know what you think. Are those those conversations primarily with authors that you're also publishing, or are these other other thinkers that aren't also in Ooh, your? No, with many, yeah. many, many others who. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, who are engaged on the ground or engaged in uh, 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 organizing on the ground and uh, and they and their perspectives uh, um, conversations with them and then of course with with books as well but also we we try to to you know try and get that conversation going with with uh, contributors with authors and with editors um Otherwise, you know, I, my, I, mean, I don't know how you feel, but you know, talking, listen to talking heads after a while, you know, my attention just just drifts, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a shame, but, you know, that that's what this medium has, has, has resulted in, you know. Um, and there's so little laughter. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, you know, it, it's such a human thing, and if if we cannot laugh, you know, uh, we cannot cry. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's 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 very formalized in its in its way of interacting. Yeah, I mean, you and I were were joking earlier about webinars, but also something that Bhakti and I talk about a lot about this sort of period of the pandemic is the expectation for kind of passive content. So that element of discussion, that conversation that you're talking about. Um, sort of falling out of it. And, and um, you know, one of our ideas at Radical Books Collective is that, you know, we we invest a little more, we all we all make a, a kind of pact together, we're gonna, we're gonna engage the text fully, and we're gonna, um, and we're gonna talk it out, um, you know, even sort of without the, the, uh, you know the the formal pressures of a classroom environment and no expectations necessarily no. of where people are coming from or their previous um, reading experiences, but just an attempt to make that kind of a space for. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've only attended a couple of your your um, book groups, but I, I just found it so stimulating, so interesting to listen to different perspectives and also you know to to hear from from the authors themselves yeah? um and and uh i think i think you've you've created something really important here and I, and i and i think it works well on this medium it would be nice if we were all together but uh but um because it's a conversation and and not just talking heads um then there is something. Uh, there is a certain intimacy that that, that emerges from that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, and and uh, the that yeah. There, there is a there's a there's a compassion that's that's shown, which in talking heads you don't. It, 
it's absent. You know, the, the emotions are absent. The the laughter, the uh, the, the the vulnerability, uh, those are absent. You know, um, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's also a problem with books. You know, and the question is. So, so I'm I'm really impressed with what what you're doing because I think that is important. You're making books come alive. Yeah, that they are, mm-hmm. they are. Um, the publication is only the start of a process, uh, and, and and you can see that in 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 the conversations that have uh, been there. So I've I've really just benefited. I think it's just terrific. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, well, what, what, what for you? I mean, you've answered this a little bit, but do you think would really have to change for for these kinds of spaces that we've been talking about, and also just for independent uh, book publishing, non corporate book book publishing to to thrive? I, I mean, I, I, I think. Um, what uh, the Radical Books Collective is 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 doing is helping to 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 nurture these the Radical Books Alliance as well. That's mm-hmm. also, uh, and I think we need to just nurture that. Um, and and uh, I mean, there is a tendency in the in in the publishing field to see other publishers as competitors. Yeah. Where, where, whereas actually, um, it's it's uh, it's like a choir, um, or 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 a, or a, an orchestra. I mean, you know, the the sound of a violin and the sound of a piano are quite different, but they can be singing the same tune uh, and bringing their own particular. Uh, harmonies to 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 bear you know it um and i think that's that's what we need to nurture that mm-hmm. that an orchestra of publishers as it were um and and that gives virtue to every instrument uh without it being seen it's my space and it's your space and so that's why we actively sought to build uh co-publishing arrangements with, with a number of other publishers, just because I think that's how we try to, to, to do that, so that we, we enhance each other um, mm-hmm. rather than simply um, saying we're the best in the game, you know? <laughs> Which I don't need to say, because of course I am. <laughs> What's that saying? <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I mean, I wonder from that perspective whether you whether you see places in the you know in the Canadian context in the U.S. context where there are really missing sections of that orchestra. What's what's missing that that um, that's still needed in in your uh, your music making, as it were, to go with that metaphor? Well, I, I you know I I I think uh, I mean. Being new in this continent, uh, it, we've not really yet found a way to connect. But I think there's that whole um, indigenous uh, experiences uh, and and 
and the stories and the and the histories and and what I would like to see is because uh, one of the things I found, I found really striking um, the same bastards who are uh, destroying the environment in 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 Africa the Canadian uh, mining companies who are destroying the environment who are polluting the waters who are exploiting people it's the same bastards who are doing the same thing right here mm-hmm. okay in amongst the same communities and and the issues are just so much the same and 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 i think one of the the, the, the things is to find ways in which that conversation between people in different parts of the world who are facing exactly the same issue, um, that's something that needs to be nurtured. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know, we've tried to do this not, not terribly successfully with conversations between um, shack dwellers in Nairobi and in South Africa uh, mm-hmm. and in other places. So. Because it's building on commonalities, even though they are different histories and different experiences. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to see where find ways to make that happen. Um, right. Yeah, and because because there are stories, you know, in in different communities, and uh, yeah, um, too much of 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 publishing, I think, is is about preaching rather than than mm-hmm. listening and giving uh, voice to it, giving space for, yeah? Um, and it's not an easy medium to do that in. That's I mean, that's that's a reality. Uh, but, uh, but, but I think, you know, just we shelter hope and uh, right. we can continue to do that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, tell us what's uh, what's forthcoming at at Daraja. What's what's in the immediate future, and what should we have our eyes out for? Oh gosh, well, uh, this is another uh, co-publishing uh, deal that we've just um, arranged with Jakarta Press in in South Africa, um, and uh, they published the International Brigade Against Apartheid. Uh, mm-hmm secrets of the people's war that liberated South Africa. Um, and we are publishing, I hope next week or so, uh, the, the, a North American edition of, of that, uh, because there was quite a substantial um, movement in, in, in North America and in Canada in particular uh, around the anti-apartheid movement. Um, so, so, so that's one. Um, Another one coming out very shortly is uh, an area which um, touches on some of your questions, and that's the whole issue of social media and capitalism, Mm -hmm. how they operate, and then how Mm -hmm. capitalism has has adapted and and is voraciously uh, sucking out and setting the terms of of discussions around the role of social media. So that's something that we've got... uh, um, coming out. Another is a, is a, another. I, I, this this is a lovely. It's called a mutiny of mourning, and 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 it's 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 um, appropriation of the of Conrad's heart of darkness, and mm-hmm. and what this woman has done. She's done some beautiful illustrations, but what she's done, she's taken pages from uh, from Heart of Darkness, and blacked out 
and left only a few words which mm. reinterpret and shows how uh, the, uh, how the there's been a black appropriation mm -hmm. of that book. Uh, and I think that's, that's a really exciting um, project that's coming up. Um, and we've got a book coming out on, on Palestine and, and human rights and health, uh, mental health, um, celebrating the life of uh, Ayat Saraj, uh, who founded the Gaza Community Mental Health Care Program. And we're republishing a novel which was published back in 1983 by Penguin, but which has gone out of print, Hand on the Sun, the struggle of, uh, which is based on a, on, on a really interesting uh, situation of, of um, young Asians organizing in the north of England in Bradford, mm -hmm. uh, who were then charged with terrorism offenses and locked up and uh, but were eventually uh, um, were cleared of that. Um, and the, this novel arose out of that situation. Uh, Hand on the Sun, I think it's going to be a very interesting one to work with. Who's and the then finally, some. Sorry? Who's the author of Hand on the Sun? That's Tariq, Tariq Mahmoud. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and then there is uh, White Saviorism in international development, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's something that I've um, written a lot about. And so to have a book by others on this, I think would be, it's going to be great. Yeah. Wonderful. Critical conversations. Um, thank you so much for us, for your time. This has been lovely to, to hear no, from you. Well, thanks so much. I'm really honored to be, uh, um, interviewed by you guys uh, and you're doing really really interesting work and i, I hope you'll continue doing that